Amen. So let's talk about tonight. Tonight's going to be very simple. All we're going to do is go through some scriptures, and I want you to examine your own life about whether you depend on God or not, uh, because that's going to be crutch as we go into these final days of this year, but also as you live each day, is to understand, am I truly dependent on God or am I operating as an independent being, right? Am I really part of the kingdom or am I out here doing my own thing, all right? So we'll start out in John 15, verses 1 through 8. Very familiar passage of scripture. It says, I am the true vine, and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. While every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. <clears throat> Go ahead and type that. Say, there is nothing I can accomplish. There's no fruit that I can bear outside of God. There's nothing that I can, no fruit that I can bear outside of God. It's just not possible. It says, it must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. Here's verse five. All right, this is where we're hanging our hat. I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Apart from me, you can do nothing. So when we're talking about depending on God, if uh, that word abide, when we're talking about abide in, in God and I'm in you and I, you are in me, really we're talking about a dependence that is so tight, that is so concrete, that is so connected that the flow of life is made up through that dependence. Think of a baby in the umbilical cord, right? When a baby is growing up and being nurtured within the mother's womb, you have an umbilical cord. The umbilical cord is the way that nutrients travel from the mother to the baby to ensure that it grows. So our dependence on God is like that umbilical cord. Our faith and trust in God is like that umbilical cord. It gives the nutrients, which is the word of God, the ability to flow from him into our lives because God has already provided everything that we need. The flow happens by us staying connected to the person that has all the provision. And the only way that I do that is that I, I ensure that I stay dependent on, upon God. But the thing that you got to understand is this. You're never going to depend on anybody that you can't trust. And so uh, if I don't trust God, then I won't depend on him. I got a good good friend uh, that I, I talked to a whole lot and we we're talking about something. And he was just like, man, I love God. God is great. But sometimes I just wonder if God will do it for me. Like I've seen him do it before, but I just wonder if God will do it for me. Why? Because so many times we could have seen God perform things in our life, but based off what I'm seeing in the natural at this time, based on how my body is feeling this time, based on how loud the voices are about debt and sickness and, and all these things are this time, it causes me to forget about 
all the times God has called it, showed himself to be tried and true. And all I remember is the noise in front of me. But when you grow a dependence upon God, what that dependence does, it annihilates everything that's outside the will of God and it keeps you focused on his voice. Uh, it says our existence. Say this. Go ahead and type this. Say my existence for life depends on my connection to God. My dependence, my existence for life depends on my connection to God. And so it doesn't matter how connected you are to the pastor. It doesn't matter how connected you are to other people horizontally to you. What matters the most is your connection to God. My very existence depends on that. So my, my ability to produce kingdom in this earth is directly related to my ability to depend on God. That, that's how I get there. And I know this is nothing phenomenal. This is nothing uh, that's life-changing in the sense that it's something new and wow, but I'm just saying, let's get back to some basics. Am I really trusting God right now in my life or am I really trusting Ralph? Am I really trusting God right now or I'm trusting Arch Ford who gives me a paycheck? Am I really trusting God right now or am I really trusting the savings account and these stocks and investments that I got going. What am I really trusting? Who am I really depending on? It says, here's a here's something I lot that I love from the scripture. It says, with God I live. Without God I die. With God I live. Without God I die. And I think a lot of times we we live without God without ever saying, God, I don't want you. But every time I go against his will, I'm telling God, I, I don't want you. Every time I make a decision that's contrary to the word. I'm saying, God, I, I don't want you. And, and a lot of times we're not truthful with ourselves. And that's what I want us to be tonight, just to be like, God, you know what? I depend on you for healing, but I don't depend on you for direction in my occupation. I depend on you, God, for for my uh for my job, but I don't depend on you, depend on you, God, when it comes down to choosing a spouse. I depend on you, God, for, for peace of mind, but I don't depend on you, God, for direction and where I should live. Because what we'll notice is there are areas in our life that we are completely dependent on God, and then there are areas in our life that we allow the noise that's outside the kingdom to cause us to be independent from God. And what happens in those areas is that we die. Now, it doesn't necessarily mean that we die physically, but what that is saying is that we're dying to that we're dying to our flesh, that we're dying in our flesh, that we're not experiencing the the great the greatness that God has for us. On Sunday, Pastor Evans said he pretty in essence says the enemy to great is good, right? So we're dying because we're not experiencing the great that God has for you for us. We're not experiencing the abundance that God has for us. What we're experiencing is better lives than we ever live, but it's not the abundance and overflow that God has for us. And so if we settle for that, right, without God, we die. What does death look like? Anything that's not what kingdom has aligned for you. So if in the kingdom, you're totally healed, but you allow the sicknesses in your body and it's staying there. It's not being evicted by the word because you choose not to believe. That's death. If you don't have enough money and you're in debt, that's death. If your brain, I mean, if your mind has been racked with depression, anxiety and all those things, all of those things are death. So don't think that, I mean, when we say the wages of sin is death, I mean, and without God, we die. 
I'm not saying that it's physical, but what I am saying is that on earth you live a much less pleasurable life than you would had you obey God. And so we got to understand that God is our creator, right? He knows everything about us. Like I'm not an Apple phone. I'm Android all day. Go Android. All right. Samsung, go Android. But everybody, I use Apple for this example because there's a lot of y'all Apple users out there. When Apple made their iPhone, what did they do? They provided instructions for you. Those were instructions were on how to maximize the use of the Apple iPhone. Like I think the iPhone 13 just dropped, right? So I've already seen videos of people. Here are all the hacks to the new iPhone 13. Here are all the things that I could do with the new iPhone, right? Well, that's what the purpose of the Bible. And that's the purpose of the Holy Spirit. When God created us, he gave us the best hack possible, the Holy Spirit, to teach us how to live the exact life that God desired for us to live, whatever, uh, whatever, Ressa. He, he gave that to us. So we have the perfect instruction manual given the Bible is written word. And then we have the perfect YouTube video. We have the perfect person speaking to us being the Holy Spirit to show us all the hacks of life so that we can produce what the creator has designed for us to produce so we can live our best lives. It's all tied up in us listening to Holy Ghost. All right. Holy Spirit is the life hack of all life hacks. That's right. And so what we got to understand that God has given us a spirit, a soul, and a body, and he put us and put in us in a territory called earth for us to rule over it. Our job was to cause earth, heaven to be replicated in the earth. He then gave us the instructions that we needed on how the kingdom of heaven operates so that we can cause the earth to look just like the kingdom of of heaven. But if you are called to be an ambassador who is no longer dependent upon the kingdom to recreate the kingdom in the earth, then you're going to recreate in the earth what you see with your own eyes, what you feel like it should be, what you think it should be. And for so many of us, our lives are not representations of the kingdom, but they're representations of what our childhood and our upbringing has said that we could allow in our lives. That's why so many of us have money thermostats that are set so low. When God says, I've come that you may have life and life more abundantly, when he tells us that he'll teach us how to get wealth, when he tells us that he wishes above all things that we may prosper, <clears throat> he doesn't want us broke. But so many of us find excess to be almost this bad thing because we are not following the instructions in which God has provided for us. We're not depending on him for our existence. We're creating our own. And when we do that, we always end up dying or coming up short than what the kingdom has for us. But see, here's the thing. We don't operate in a vacuum. The decisions that we make concerning our lack of dependence on God not only impacts us, but it also impacts our kids and our kids' kids. So as my parents were making decisions about money, every decision that they made about money impacted my life. So they're their ability to give or not give, their ability to tithe or not tithe, their dependence on God or their lack of dependence on God, painted for me a, a picture of what God looked like. 
And so what I had to do as an adult was then begin to know God for myself. I had to reattach myself to the, to the source so that I may be able to produce kingdom in the earth. And for a lot of us, if we don't reattach ourselves to the source, which is God, his word, and the Holy Spirit, then what we end up seeing is the exact same thing that our family members have seen. Why? Because your subconscious is always looking for the path of, path of re, least exist, resistance. So it's always trying to replicate what it's already seen. And that's why it's so difficult for many of us to do what God has said, because what God is asking you to do you most likely may be the trailblazer in your family to do that. Who in your family has had a marriage and didn't get a divorce? Who in your family has had teenagers that didn't get have terrible tools or teenagers that were disrespectful? Who in your family made $100,000 or more? Who in your family was able to buy cars cash and houses cash? All those things are, are new. Who in your family are... who? Who in your family has a, their right mind? They're not suffering from anxiety, high blood pressure, depression, and all that. That may look different. But when our dependence is on God, then he gives us the ability, the, the vision, the dreams, the wherewithal to actually accomplish the thing that he has showed us. So in order to do this, our dependence must not be on ourselves. The culture or the opinions of the world uh, or I'm sorry, in order to do this, our dependence must not be on ourselves. I don't depend on me. You can go ahead and type that one. I don't depend on me. I don't depend on me. I don't depend on the culture. I don't depend on, depend on the opinions of the world. My only thing I depend on is God creator, right? So in Matthew 18, three and four, it says this, assuredly I say to you, unless you are converted and become as little children, you will be no means in, by no means enter to the kingdom of heaven. Therefore, whoever humbles himself as a little child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. So I had a PowerPoint uh, for you, but I didn't like it, so I scratched it. But it had a picture of Ava, and it had a picture of Aiden, uh, and this was before we had adopted Major. Uh, he wasn't in that picture, uh, this particular picture. And it showed Ava at birth, and it showed Aiden at four years old. And, and the scripture is saying, Assuredly, I say to you, unless you are converted and become as little children, you will by no means enter to the kingdom of heaven. Therefore, whoever humbles himself as a little ch child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. Here's the thing that I want to show in that picture. So you can imagine a four-year-old holding a newborn. Ava and Aiden were both dependent upon me for their needs. But because Aiden was four years old, he was a little more mature. So he may be able to go access some things that Ava couldn't access at that time because of his maturity. But at the end of the day, he was still reliant upon me to get everything that he need. He was still reliant, depending upon April to get everything that he need. And the body of Christ, it shouldn't be, it, it, no matter our age, we're all should be dependent upon God. Now, what the difference is at different stages of our maturity, what we need from God may look different. Ava need, needed at a, as a newborn different access. She had a different level of dependence than uh, Aiden has at his age. They both fully depend on me, but their ability to care and do things themselves were a little different. So when Ava was an infant, 
then we had to carry her everywhere. We had to uh, make sure that she was protected. We had to make sure she ate. She, we had to make sure she did all of those things. Why? Because she was so immature that she couldn't move around. As Aiden has matured and now eight years old, what he has the ability to do is he's still fully dependent upon us. But he now, through maturity, has the ability to say, okay, this is what my father would do in this case. If I'm, he was hungry, he would go in the kitchen, he, would fix, I, I, he could fix a bowl of cereal. Why? Because I have provided that for him. He would go in the kitchen, he would fix a sandwich. Why? Because I provided for that. He doesn't get in the car and drive the Sunday to get food. It may be what he wants, but it's not what has been provided. So many of us, instead of going to our father's closet and eating what's in our father's pantry, what we'll rather do is go to the garage, get in the car, and go get what our flesh desires. And that's the problem. We can't get so big that we stop eating from our father's house. We can't get so big that we're not dependent on the resources that he give us. Because no matter where I find myself, I got to always find myself depending on God. And so that's what that's what has to happen. And even when Aiden gets 16, right, the car that he drive, he doesn't own that car. He depends on me for that car. I mean, let, let's just talk about it. He has access now because his father has given him permission to say, hey, dad, I want Sonic. We don't have Sonic at the house. Is it okay that I go to Sonic? Sure, you can go to Sonic, son. Go ahead, drive your car, go to Sonic, have fun, bring me a cup of ice water back, right? Why? Because through maturity, access to do other things is granted. But what we want to do, we want to be that, 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 that infant who has the privileges of the 18-year-old. We don't want to know nothing about the word to discern anything ourselves. We don't want to spend the time studying to show ourselves approved. We just want access to the best that God has to offer without being mature enough to even handle the, the things that he has for our lives. And that's why, because that lack of dependence, then we are not able to grow up and mature the way we need to do, grow up in order to receive what God has for us to have. I hope that makes sense. And so that's why it's so important at every stage of life not to criticize, not to complain, not to be upset, because every stage of life is an opportunity to grow up so that you can mature and that you can hold, you can sustain the weight of what God desires to, to uh, have in your life. I mean, your character isn't strong enough right now for you to be the manager on your job. I mean, your excellence isn't doesn't represent the kingdom. You know, all of those things matter. All of those things matter. And so as, as you don't give your kids everything at, uh, that you want them to have at once, you watch their maturity and based off their maturity, based off their dependence, based off their connection with you and the, and the, care, and the uh, culture of your household, then based off those things, you allow them to do more. And for us in the kingdom, we can't want to do more without being connected to God, without depending on him. First Peter 5, 6 and 7 says this, Therefore humble yourself under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time, casting all your care upon him, for he cares upon you. Humble yourself where? 
under the mighty hand of God. In other words, depend on God and then he'll exalt you in due time. All right. I remember when I first came to the church, I, I haven't, if I recall, and Pastor Evan can fix me, if I'm, fix me if I'm wrong, I don't think I've ever asked to do anything as far as like teaching or anything like that. I just came and I was like, you know what? I feel like this is my church. And so like, if it's my church, I'm going to, I mean, I'm just going to do whatever God tells me to do, right? You just find yourself doing what God tells you to do. And over time, uh, he makes you into what God, he puts you in a position you're supposed to be, right? So I just came and I cleaned up. That's all I did. After we had that little cookies and punch, I think it was called Westwood, wherever we were. I would just help clean up. And then we moved to the cafeteria and I just show up and I just put chairs out and I showed myself faithful doing that. So many why? Because I was, I mean, I wasn't looking to be promoted anything. I just wanted to do what my part as a partner, right? But I was humbling myself before God. God, if this is my church and this is where you called me, what's my part to play right now in life? You know, what's my part to play? Why? Because over time, I'm not saying uh, being called Pastor Ralph is an exalting thing. All I'm saying is the level of responsibility I have now is different than the level of responsibility I had then based off my ability to just show myself humble. You know, the ability to just stay connected, the ability to just say, you know what, God, I don't really care what happens. I don't really care about my role. I don't even be care about being... I care about being Pastor Raph because that's what God has called me to be. But I'd be happy being never being seen and just walking and just making things work. I'm happy there too. But you got to understand that depending on God means that you'll go places that you may not be comfortable with. You got to be okay with that. But you got to humble yourself under his hand. He will exalt you. All right. He will exalt, he'll, he'll exalt your money if you let him. But you got to humble your money. You got, you got to be willing to do that. So let's talk about, do we really depend on God? That word depend means to be contingent, to rely on. All right. And we talked about this one already, so we won't go over it again. But whatever a little child does is contingent upon his parents. I love it. Whatever I do, Lord, is contingent upon you. Man, if we lived every day like that, whatever I do, Lord, is contingent upon you. I eat what you say eat. I go where you say go. I'll work where you say work. I'll say what you say 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 to say. I will lay hands on those you call me to lay hands on. I will just, everything I do, God is contingent upon you. I turn my life over to you, God. All right, so that was the first one. We talked about that. The second one, depend means to exist by virtue of necessary relation. God's existence, this is what you got to understand. God ex God's existence is not dependent on you. God's existence is not depending on you. All right? You, Colossians 1 tells us that. It's not depending on you, but your existence is dependent upon God. And how do you show God that you're thankful for that? Because that's another way that you know that you depend on God. Uh, I was at the gas station the other day, right? And uh, at the gas station, I just, I was sitting there and I was just like, man, and uh, I ain't going to say my, my gas tank was on, on empty. The light came on. I don't like my light to come on. I like filling up about a half tank or a quarter tank at least. But my light was on. So I had to fill all the way up and it cost $80 and some, $80 something dollars. And I sat there and I was like, Lord, I thank you 
that I have the money to pay gas. Why? Because when you understand that I depend on God for everything, it didn't matter if I had money in the bank or not. God, depending on God means that I'm never looking to myself to supply anything in my own life. So God, I know that the money I have in the bank, that's only money that you gave me. So the, when you truly depend on God, you have an attitude of gratitude because you know that everything that I have is only because it's been given to me through that umbilical cord of dependence and trust in God. Everything that I have is only because the Lord has given to me. So it doesn't matter if I'm paying for a meal, if I'm paying for gas, if I'm paying a mortgage, if I'm giving my tithe, God, I thank you for giving seed to the sower. God, I thank you for bread to eat. God, I thank you for those things. Why? Because by virtue, I don't exist and have anything outside of you. And so we got to understand that the dependent relationship with God is one that also shows gratitude for existence. God, I thank you that I'm breathing. God, I, I and I know it's simple, but but what is, what does that do? The more I express gratitude, for understanding that I exist only because he allows me to, the more gratefulness I show, the less my mind is focused on anything that I'm lacking. And whatever I magnify, whatever I focus on gets magnified. So if I focus on simple things, such as just being thankful for existence, if I focus on simple things for being thankful for three kids that go to school and do what they're supposed to do, for having a beautiful wife that stands by me and supports me, for having, for having a good job that pays me. I mean, there are so many ways to just thank God for existence, you know, and in doing so, it puts you in a position to be able to connect with God more because when I thank him for all those things, what am I doing? I am causing my mind to understand that this is somebody I can trust. Why can I trust him? Because I'm awake. Why can I trust him? Because I'm breathing. Why can I trust him? Because I'm healthy. Why can I trust him? Because I got gas in my car. Why can I trust him? Because I got a house to go to. Why can I trust him? Because my kids are good. Why can I trust him? Because my marriage is whole. Why can I trust him? Because he put me in this earth and that he told me that he know the thoughts that he thinks towards me. Why can I trust him? And every time I think about a reason I can trust him, it solidifies the foundation of my trust in him. And because I do that, it increases my faith. Because the Bible says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So what's the word of God I'm hearing? The too good to be true news, which is the gospel of Jesus Christ and everything that he has done for my life. So I am preaching to myself and causing myself to build up faith every time I recall the goodness of God in my life. All right. So let's go to the third one. Depend means to be pending or undecided. And I, all I could think about when I was looking at this one and, and thinking about this, uh, when you depend on something, uh, think about this. We were we were just in a chat before earlier today in Facebook Messenger. And uh, this is how we should live our life. Uh, as somebody was getting ready to type, all you saw were those little dots or like the spiral waiting. It was pending. It was pending, right? That's how our life should look. We should always be pending the word of God, unless you already know what the word of God says. Like if you're talking about having sex outside of marriage, you ain't no pending to that, right? It's like the Bible says you shouldn't do it. Talking about doing drugs, the Bible says you shouldn't do it, right? So there are some things that we know, but our decision isn't based off our flesh. It's always pending the word of God. So I don't do anything 
just by what I feel like doing. I don't do anything based off my feelings, my emotions. Everything I do is pending what heaven has to say. Go ahead and type that. Say everything I do is pending what heaven has to say. I live, that's good. I live off a constant word I receive from God. But we always got to be tuned in. We all we gotta be tuned in then. And so, like there are some things I, I want to do. Like right now, we've been looking at houses and we see a house we're like, ooh, that. But I'm pending. I'm pending. Why? Because that God said that ain't it. But I want a house, Lord, but that ain't it, Ralph. And so what you gonna do? Are you gonna decide for yourself what you feel like is good for your life? Or are you gonna be pending? Are you just going to move to that other city even because you feel like do, doing it? Are you going to be pending? Are, are, are you going to tithe and do the things that the, the Lord told you to do with that money? Money? Are you going to just take the tithe and spend it? Or, I mean, are you going to decide for yourself or are you going to be pending? I mean, because this is what happens. People who are pending and their decision making see manifestation. Why? Because they follow God. But people who make decisions for themselves, your manifestations are pending. You're going to be pending one way or the other. You're going to be pending, waiting on what the uh, direction from God so that you can see manifestation, or you're going to make a decision for yourself and be pending manifestation because you didn't obey God. So let me make it simple for you. Pend on the first part. Pending when, hey, what is heaven saying about this? Oh, I thought it was a season for a man. I thought it was a season for a woman. I thought it was a season for the new job. I thought it was a season to move. I thought it was a season to go to dealers and shop some more. I thought it was a season to do this. Pending. What is God telling me? What is God telling me about getting on Amazon and buying this? What is God telling me about this person in my life? All right. What is God telling me about relationships with friends? You do know you can be friends with somebody for 20 years and then God tell you not to be friends with them. And so then what you're going to do? Pending. What I'm going to do is depend on God because I understand that though I've been in a relationship for 20 years, there is something God is trying to get to me. And because I can trust him, that he's faithful, that then even though I love that person, I love God more. I'm pending what he has to say. Whatever heaven has to say is the direction I go. All right. So do I really depend on God? Am I pending or am I out there being making my own decisions? Am I cutting the umbilical cord and just doing whatever I need to do to produce the nutrients I need to survive? All right. So depend also means to place reliance or trust in. And that's the one that most of us uh, understand. Uh, the reliance or the trust. So I won't spend a lot of time there. Do we depend on people or do we depend on God? Right? Do And people is yourself. I'm people. Do I depend, depend on Ralph or do I depend on God? Uh, because that's the question. Jeremiah 17 and 8, 7 says this, blessed is a man who trusts in the Lord, whose confidence is him. Otherwise, blessed is a man that depends on God. 
who puts his confidence in him. He will be like a tree planted by the water that sends its root by the stream. It does not fear when heat comes. It leaves are always its leaves are always green. Has no weary in a year of drought and never fails to bear fruit. The man that depends on God never has to worry about lack. The widow woman, she was pending. She was going to eat her last cake and and all that stuff. You know, she was about to do that. Her and her son, but she was pending. So even though she was going to do what she thought would be her last meal and that she would die because she was pending, she heard the voice of the Lord. She did what the Lord said. And the Bible said the barrel of waste didn't, I mean, the barrel of meal wasted not. Neither did the oil. Her pending status, her dependence on God, her dependence on changing her whole plan. When God said, don't go on the vacation, then and you didn't go, your dependence on God is what brings you manifestation. And sometimes manifestation looks like a whole life instead of getting in a car wreck. Sometimes manifestation looks like not getting COVID because you went somewhere and would have contracted it. Sometimes manifestation looks like having a good time instead of having a great time because God had something else set for set up for you. And so we always got to be in a pending status and our reliance always has to be on God. Even when we think that we're going in and eating our last bread, when we think we're sowing the last seed that we need to eat, when we think we're sowing whatever God is asking of us, and it looks like our last, well, we got to understand that the same God that brought her through is obligated to bring me through and that my dependence on God causes him to will cause him to manifest in my life. So there's nothing I got to be worried about when I depend on God because he has showed himself to be a faithful God. He has showed himself to be a true God. He has shown himself to be a God that comes through. He has shown the fact that he that that through my consistent giving that he'll have me and to pour back into my bosom and to overflow. That's what he's shown himself to be. But my question is, will I trust in the Lord and have confidence in him? Or will I be like a tree planted by the water? Or will I just do what Ralph wants to do? Right? Will I do what my, my financial advisor is telling me to do when he says, when he, uh, I remember we saw a financial advisor and we went in and we talked to him and he, and he was looking at our money and you know they go through you have to send all this stuff in and they looking as like man uh and i already kind of peeped him out because uh and everything beforehand to kind of see where he was with tithes and offering but he looked at him like yeah you could save some money there but i know that's not what you guys are going to do you absolutely right why? Because I don't care what people, and I don't care if you, you get the best financial advisor in the world. Are you going to trust that person? I don't care what kind of outcomes they had. I'm not cutting the tithe and I'm not cutting my seed to, to increase. Why? Because the only reason I'm here today to have enough money to talk about you being a financial advisor for me is because of that tithe and that offering. And so you got to understand that there are many, there are many intelligent people in the world. There are many smart people that have accomplished things in the world, but any financial advice, oh dog, I, I'll just, I was about to say, any financial advice that tells me to cut my ties is not advice I'll follow. Anybody telling you anything contradictory to the word of God isn't advice you should follow. It's just not. I don't care what they have accomplished. I don't care what they have done. It is as a born again believer, that is not where you put your dependence. Just bottom line. It's not. I don't, I don't, I mean, all these different financial ways and all these budgets and stuff like that. 
ain't no budget for the Marlowe household until we've given tithe, offering, and then everything else. Because those two things are going to come out, right? And, and so when you put your reliance and trust in that, then in a drought, in, in a bad economy, and, and all those things, I don't got to worry about whether I'm going to have. Why? Because, because I depend on God and I don't depend on Arch 4. Even when Arch 4 comes up short and my paycheck isn't enough, I can trust God that he'll bring it through. But like, like Minister Chandra said, y'all should go sign up for a class. I actually signed up for it too, uh, for her prayer class. She's like, our prayers don't work because number one, you're not praying the word. You're not believing when you pray. All right. She, she talked about that. And a lot of times that's what we're doing. We're just hoping and wishing that, that, that it'll happen. And you haven't followed anything that God has showed you to follow, right? Because your actions are evident of what you depend on, right? You go to work when you don't feel like it because you depend on that check, but you don't read the word when you don't feel like it because you don't feel like the word is going to pay you like your job does. That, that's, that's how I talk to myself, right? You passed Evan, so you signed up for the prayer class too. I I see you there, Pastor Evan. Uh, yeah, see, see, your body and your actions will tell you what you depend on, right? Uh, when you go to the, when you go, uh, when you go make a purchase, or, or thinking about making a purchase, uh, what's the first thing to come to your mind? Lord, I thank you for provision for this, or I'm just going to go to my savings account. Because just because you got money in the bank doesn't mean that's how God wants to bless you. God can be trusted with my finances because I'm a tithe. Amen. Amen. And, and Pastor's son or Pastor Edwin had to fix me on this one. They're like, Ralph, when God tells you he wants to do something for you, then don't just jump out there and do it. Uh, Chandra, if you're on here, I think you are. Go ahead and drop your uh, prayer class link in the uh thing somebody's asking about it uh so if y'all want to learn how to pray the word and and get results from your prayers then y'all go ahead and take this class by uh minister chandra she's going to drop the link uh for everybody or you can go to her page chandra washington uh but check it out so uh your your actions tell on you right god said i want to bless you with the car the first thing you i mean a new car the first thing you do is look at your account why? Because you were dependent on God. God told you he wanted to do it for you, right? He told you he wanted to do for you. And the first thing you did was looked at who? Yourself. You know? Why? Because your actions tell for you. Those instinctive prompts that occur throughout the day, they really are indication of what you depend on, right? When that bill shows up, right? What's the first thing that shows up that unexpected bill, right? What's the first thing that comes to your mind? I'm just going to uh, do this or, okay, God, I thank you that there's enough. Like the other day, like, man, I ain't going to lie. The other day we had to go in to get April's car fixed, a uh, hundred thousand mile thing. And the guy was talking to me and uh, he was like, oh, that'll be $2,000. I was like, huh? I was like, I was like, are you sure that two? Did you add that right? And then that happened. And then just the other day, uh, I was. She's like, my tire keep going down. Rap. I got there. Look, it's a nail and a plug out the tire. So now a thousand dollars for tires. And so instead of just saying, Lord, what I'm gonna do? But that's three grand. It was just like, okay, God, how 
how, how are we going to take care of this? Do you want me to take money out of the savings? Are you going to bring money to me? All I know is that I need this to happen and that I, because I'm a tither, I know you'll provide for me. And the money showed up. We got, we're getting every, I'm still looking for tithes, but we're getting everything done. Why? Some of the money, part of the money I took out of savings, because that's what he said. And the other money showed up to just do it. Like, like money just showed up. I got all the money I need to pay for the tires and all the stuff for her car. Because when you begin to depend on God, you, you, you understand that he's my daddy. Like when I go out to eat with Aiden, Aiden's going out to eat, but he's not looking to take care of the, take care of the bill. Why? Because he's going out to eat with his daddy. So anything that I'm God is inviting you to, he has already provided for. Does that make sense? If he's inviting you to it, he's already made provision for it. When I, I don't know how to make that any plainer. When I take my kids to Fuji's because they love hibachi, right? When I take them there, when I, or I ask them, son, daughter do y'all want to go to fuji's and they say yes they're not now assuming that they got to pay for the thing that i invited them to have god is inviting us to have things and when he's inviting us to have those things then we got to be willing to just follow him to access them but what we do so many times is allow God to tell us something that he wants us to have and then not spend enough time depending on God to find the plan, to get the wisdom, to have favor exercised on our behalf, to have the strength to endure the change come, or to allow God to perform a miracle in our life concerning what he told us that we can have. So the invitation from God is indication that is already paid for. The invitation from God is the indication that is already paid for. And when you when you make depending on God the thing that you do every day, then you can trust your father that he will pay for whatever he told you you can have. Now, the problem sometimes happens when in the natural, it looks opposite to what God has said that he, he was going to give us. We in, 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 let's keep with my uh, the example of going to Fuji's. It, look, it gets difficult for my kids sometimes when, when the weekend shows up and I got a little extra time and they want to go to Fuji's that, that I have to say, I got to go do a little more work or, or we can go at five. We'll go later this evening, but uh, the time is still going and daddy ain't moving yet. It looks like I'm not doing anything, but what they don't know, I've already paid for it before. We, I already got it arranged for you. It's already there for you, son. Just be willing to be patient and see it through. But they begin to wonder. They begin to walk around. They begin to ask me over and over, are you taking me, daddy? Are we still going? Or all these things. Why? Because if you're not careful, you allow your body and what you're seeing with time for a lot of us to get us distracted on what God says that we can have. Unless God told you that you're going to have this by this time, why are you putting the time on God? Did God tell you that you'll have that man by the time you were 27? And if he did, have you done everything that he told you to do to have the man by the time you were 27? If you answer no to any of those, why are you mad about it? you don't have no man? 
Why? Because the invitation requires our participation. So when I invite my kids to Fuji's, if they don't get in the car that I'm driving to get them there, they don't get to participate. Selah. If you don't get in the vehicle that's provided for you to get to the restaurant, you won't eat the meal. What's the vehicle for the believer? It's faith. Faith is our vehicle that transports things from the heavenly realm into the earthly realm. But if I'm not living to live by faith, and if I'm not willing to be obedient to God, I can't be upset that I'm not eating Fuji's. I, I, I can't. I, I can't be upset that I'm not at, at the table with eating Fuji's. If Aiden wouldn't get in the car, but Major got in the car and Ava got in the car and, and, and my baby April got in the car, we all ate. And then we came back and talked about, man, wasn't Fuji's great? Man, I love, and that the kids talking about, I love daddy and mama because they took us to Fuji's and they had a fire and they threw eggs and all this stuff and Aiden over here mad. He offended because he didn't get to eat Fuji's. And his offenses blinded him to believe that, oh, daddy's showing favorites. Daddy doing this. It's on Ava and them. They got, they got to eat Fuji's because they had bigger faith. Uh, Major, I mean, uh, Major got to eat Fuji's because he gave so much. No, they just did what their father asked them to do. They just got in the car. And every day, God has given you an opportunity to get in the car. But for you, what does that car look like? For some of you, it looks like tithing, honestly. For some of you, it looks like sowing a seed that he told you to sow on it. Uh, for some of you, it looks like taking a job he told you to take. For some of you, it's talking about giving that coworker you don't like a, a word of encouragement and being nice to them, right? Those are vehicles to get you to the table. Why? Because I've been studying it. Uh, uh, this week, but the Bible's uh, and some says, I prepared a table before you in the presence of thine enemies. Listen, we give the enemy seat at the table that we're supposed to be sitting at because we're so focused on everything that's going on in the world instead of focusing on the invitation from my father. All I gotta be focused on is the invitation that Ralph, I want to give you a house. It doesn't matter what Arvest says. It doesn't matter what First Security says. It doesn't matter what Bank of America says. All I know is that the invitation is indication that God has already provided everything that I need. So it doesn't matter how many no's I get from a bank. It doesn't matter what the economy is. It doesn't. And when God told you you could have the house, he knew that the prices of houses would surge. That didn't catch God off guard. So I am not saying, well, God, did you really mean I can have a house now? Because the same house we were looking at was once 375, now it's 525, God. Is you, are you talking about the same house? Are you talking about the same car? Are you talking about the same job, God? What are you talking about? Why? Because he already knew all that. But what happens is we lose focus of the invitation. We don't seek God on the vehicle he's going to use to get us to the destination he has chosen. And this is one thing I love about Major. Uh, it doesn't matter where we're going. I'm always assured this question. Daddy, which car do I get in? Why? Because all he want to know is this. I want to find myself in the right place 
to get to the destination that my father promised me. Why? Because that's what dependence looks like. God, you told me that I can have this. How do you want me to get there, God? You told me I could be healthy and be healed from cancer, God, and I believe that I'm healed from this. How, how do you want to do? What's my part to play in this? God, you said that I can have a healthy marriage, God, and that's what I want to have, God, and I, and I believe that it's so. What's my part to play in this? God, how are we getting there? You know, because that's what Major always asks. How are we getting there? What vehicle are we going in? All right. So the, the, the next one, depend means to be dependent, especially for financial support. And we already talked about that one. All right. To be dependent, especially for financial support. So my question is this. Do you, who do you feel is responsible for your provision? And, and just be honest with yourself. And see, that's uh, me and April have some conversations. And I talk to April sometimes. And I'm like, I'm sorry if I'm rude, but that's how I talk to myself. And I, it's times where I don't, I don't, I have not trusted God for my provision. And, and when I was real with God, because I didn't ask God, what vehicle are we going in? God, am I taking this job or I'm taking that job? Because if you, if you make decisions based off what you see in the natural, then you're normally going to make the wrong decision. Because just because a job pays more may not be the job God wants you at. It may not be the job that's meant to bring you provision. So don't look at a sticker price as the the way that you pick a job. You just, you don't. Now, if the Lord told you you're going to make a certain amount, don't take a job less than that amount. But if one, if God told you you're going to make $105,000, right? Uh, and there's another job that makes $145,000 and, and both of them give you job offers. But God says, go with the 105. You better find yourself going with the 105. I don't care what that extra $40,000 seem like it could have added to you in the natural. All I know is this, obeying God always makes your life better. Why? Because he has your best interest in mind. All right. Uh, here's another sign that you don't, you don't depend on God with your money. You get worried or anxious when talks of the economy getting bad. It doesn't matter what they say going on with the country. If you allow talks of, of the economy, if it makes you feel a certain way, you ain't depending on heaven. Heaven is not ever messed up about a famine in earth. Heaven is never impacted by a recession in the earth. Heaven is never impacted by stimulus checks or no stimulus checks. So, so if you feel a certain way based off news you hear in the uh, on 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 social media on on tv then you gotta really kind of check okay i don't think i'm depending on god in that area you know if you withhold money in an attempt to have more money uh especially when it's something god's told you to do then you're not depending on god for financial support that's not what you're depending on and here's one that got me this is this is this is where rap is at when you this this is where this is where I was when you don't buy things that you desire and you have peace from God to purchase them, but you don't do it because you feel like you're going you're being a bad steward, or you don't do it because you feel like oh I really don't want that. You talk yourself out the very thing that that your heart desire 
under the premise of being a good steward of God's money. And when you do that, it's just an indication that you really don't depend on God for financial support. Listen, I got my notes right here, and y'all excuse me because it's chicken scratch. And y'all see that first one right there, though, because that, that one hit me. And I'm still working on my mind on that one. It's okay for me to have more. It's okay to want more. I'll be honest. It went, it, I came to a point in my life where I even stopped. Like people asked me what I want. I couldn't even think about it. I couldn't even think about anything because I had just convinced myself that everything I had was okay. Why? Because that's selfish, number one. I mean, but I had convinced myself it, 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 that was okay. That was okay. I mean, you got you got three vehicles, right? I mean, you got a house. You you got this. You you can't like it was really hard for me not to sell my truck. And I'll be honest, at the time, I didn't sell my truck because I needed my truck to do some of the things I I couldn't do in my suburban. Otherwise, in my mind, I'm like, well, I need three cars, and it's only two of us. I don't need that. Now I know it's okay to have more. I can't tell you how many people I've been able to bless by keeping that third vehicle, right? And, and letting those who God told me to let borrow it and things like that. It's okay to have more. And for some of us, the challenge of having more is because we, we, we can't imagine having more and telling other people no. You ain't passed that in your mind yet. I mean, because you feel like you always got to explain. No, I'm not going to give you no money. And that's a whole sentence. That's, that's a whole sentence. I'm not sure what it is for. That's no is a whole sentence. Why? Because when I depend on God for my finance, for my for my financial support, then He's God. I, I don't get to dictate uh giving, right? So, and, and I'll be honest with you, my mom, my mom's passed away. Uh, she can't tell you that, but I learned that was the most valuable lesson I learned, and that's that's where I got to learn to let it say no because she asked me for something uh, at the time, and and I went to give it to her, and I mean, just like somebody said to me, I heard no, and I was like, whoa, like that's my mama, like she gave birth to me, she raised me, I saw the sacrifices that she made for me. You telling me no, God? And I'll be honest, there's a couple of times in the beginning I failed, but then I had to pass the test. And then I began to understand, oh, this is why you said no, God. I get it now. And a lot of times uh, we we feel like we're always obligated. Oh, oh, I hear that. Type this, just because I have it, I'm not obligated to give it. Just because I have it, I'm not obligated to give it. Not unless heaven says so. Just because I have it, I'm not obligated to give it. Not unless heaven says so. And so a lot of us, God, with God trusting you with more has also to do with your ability to give where he says give and to withhold where he says withhold. And that's just facts. And we don't like it. Family show don't like it. Friends don't like it. Uh, but that's just the truth about it. 
And so, so God is like, you know what? And I'm just using the name. I say, I want to give Leslie more. I want to give, I want to bless Leslie. But every time let, uh, uh, he turned around, Leslie's giving money to places that he didn't instruct her to give money to, that he came and told her no. And so God can't give Leslie more because Leslie is really not depending on God. Not for everything. Because she fully depended on God for her for her financial well-being. When God says no, then it's no. My, once again, let's use the kids scenario. Aiden got a bank account. And, and Aiden know he got money in that bank account. Well, let's use this piggy bank because he has access to that. Aiden has a piggy bank. He had a couple hundred dollars in his piggy bank. And we were talking to him about saving and things like that. And I was like, you, you got to be careful because you understand who's funded a lot of that piggy bank. And I said, uh, you've done things, you work, and I'm, I'm proud of you. But I don't mind contributing to your piggy bank. But what I need you to do is understand you're giving your money, to, you give your tithe and your offering. You do that, you do this, you do that. But but when I tell you no, that you can't take money out your piggy bank to go to the Dollar Tree to buy five toys, that, that ain't okay. That ain't okay. And so when he does that and he exercises his own dominion over the money that honestly I provided for him, then what he shows me is that he's not mature enough to have more. Because yeah, it may be $5 at the Dollar Tree today, it, it may be $15 at Chick-fil-A tomorrow. And then before you know it, it may be $500 at uh, Foot Locker later. And so until he's able to control the flow of the money based off the words that I give him, then my ability to give him more would be crazy because I can't trust him to do with what I've given him to do with what I, but based on what I said. And for a lot of us, that's where we find ourselves with God not having more, but we're just not doing what, with what we have with what God told us to do. All right. Then the last one, to depend means to hang down. That This is the literal definition of depend. A pendant hangs from a chain. It's supported by the chain. If the chain breaks, the pendant falls. All I got to tell you all this, Jesus is your chain. He ain't never breaking. And because he ain't never breaking, and I'm a pendant that hangs around his neck on that chain, I ain't never falling. And, and that's that's the essence of dependence. Jesus is a chain. Y'all remember growing up, y'all had them rope neck, those rope chain necklaces. I had a rope chain uh necklace with a little with a little uh pendant on it. You know, everybody had one. Some people still wear them, right? Jesus is a chain and you're dependent. And because Jesus never breaking, I'm never falling. And that needs to be your confession for life. I don't care what the economy looks like. Jesus is a chain and I'm dependent. And because Jesus will never break, the Bible says heaven and earth will pass away. His word will never fail. Listen, heaven and earth will pass away. Heaven and earth will pass away. Matthew 24 and 35. But my, but my words will never pass away. So it doesn't matter what occurs in his life. You know, I'm that pendant. If Jesus breaks, that's the only time I ever fall. But because he never breaks, I never fall. So, so that's it. 
Here's some questions I'm going to throw in the chat real quick because I'm done that you guys can think about throughout this week. All right. You can think about these questions. I'll read them to you real quick, but I, I, I'm done. Jesus is a chain that never breaks. Therefore, I never fall. All right. Question number one, what does depending on God look like to you? And a sub question to that is what does the Bible say it look like? Because you got to be true to yourself. What does depending on God look like to you? Because for some of us, we ain't really ever had to depend on somebody with our whole heart. Uh, you know, so we, we say we depend on you, but you always got a plan B, right? So you need to define what does dependence look like, depending on God look like to you. And then you need to compare that to what the Bible says. Question number two, and what areas do you depend on him a lot and why? Like, you know what, God, when it comes to my marriage, I depend on you. Like, like I, I'm always there, like God. And why do I do that? Because because whatever, right? Uh, I know for me, because I know that in order to be in a relationship successfully, I got to have God. And he has proven himself. And honestly, the other way, the other reason is that, I mean, if y'all, this is me being true to myself, where else I'm going to go for good advice? Like Pastor Aaron and Pastor Sean are going to give me a good advice. But, but there's times when God's like, don't call them, listen to me. Because running to your pastors and always seeking, see, a lot of us seek advice. I ain't going to say us because I don't do that. A lot of people seek advice more for like a pacifier. They want to be pacified. They ain't going to do what the person giving them advice say. They just want to be pacified with the situation. So I say, no, listen to me. All right? So what areas do you depend on him a lot? And why? And what areas do you not depend on him a lot? So for me, it was money. And so I had to begin to figure out why don't I don't depend on God with money. And then I talked about childhood. I talked about this. And so you you examine those areas and through being metacognitive and examining your way of thinking, you can identify why things aren't happening in your life. All right. Number three, what is happening in your life when you're really dependent on God? So what when I'm really dependent on God, I'm really in faith, right? What is occurring in my life? Am I watching less TV? Am I exercising? Am I not stressed by my job? Like what's happening during those times? And then second question is, what is happening in your life when you're not really depending on God? So when I'm not depending on God, when I, when things aren't going well, all of that, because if you're not depending on God, things aren't going to be great. What's happening? Am I stressed? Am I, am I Is my marriage not going well? Am I depressed? Are my kids bothering? Like, what's happening? Because the more you can examine those type of things, you may say, dude, every time I start watching TV for more than... Uh, I start binge watching TV, then things in my life start to shake up because you're like, I wonder why that's happened. Because when I'm watching TV, I'm replacing that with time. I was reading the word. And so faith is a muscle. And you can have the, in high school, I used to be able to squat like, I think five, 600 pounds. And I only weigh like 170. Uh, I, but I, I have really strong legs. If I got under five or 600 pounds a day, uh, y'all probably should have EMS, Chandra and the rest of the prayer team there for me, right? It, it wouldn't end well. Why? Because that same muscle that was able to do something then is not capable of doing that same thing now because I haven't been working that muscle. And so the same thing happens in our Christian life. 
where one time you were able to believe God for something and the next time you wouldn't, it's not that God changed or even his outcome for the situation changed. It's that you weren't really believing this time because you weren't praying the word, which is go back and join uh, Mr. Chandra's prayer class. All right. Number five, how do you let God know that you depend on him? Because it's not just good for God, you depend on God. How do you let God know that you depend on him, right? And then question, I messed that one up. How do you let God know that, how do you show gratefulness, basically? Number six, does God consider you dependable? Man, this one rocked my world right here. Does God consider you dependable? If so, in what areas? And if not, why? Can God, is God, does God consider you dependable when it comes to governing your own body and what you put in your body and who you let touch your body? You know, it, are you dependable with, with, with your temple or are you not? You know, number seven, what steps can you take to develop a greater dependence on God in your daily life? All right, let me help you read the word. All right. So that's, those are some things that you can think about this week. They're dropped in the chat uh, and everything. So quick reminders. Uh, make sure you join us. Uh, oh, we got a thing in here. Uh, quick reminders. Make sure you join us to Friday morning for prayer at 6.30 a.m. Uh, go like the page, set your alarms, all that. Uh, make sure you join us Sunday morning at nine o'clock. Join Pastor Edwin. I mean, Pastor. Sh oh, Pastor Edwin, you gonna leave worship? You and Pastor Chris. Uh, but no, nine a.m. Join Pastor Chris in Elder Valley for worship. Uh, and then at nine thirty, you can join Pastor Edwin and Pastor Sean for Sunday celebration. Followed up Monday with uh, strategies for success at noon with Pastor Sean on her personal page as well as her professional page, which is Sean Strickland. And then Tuesday night, we have prayer at 8 p.m. Central Standard Time. And then Wednesday, back here for refresh. Remember, oh, Ignite, 7 p.m. I, I got the uh, things today. Uh, and make sure, guys, don't forget about our Ignite teachers and your Victory Zone teachers. Make sure that you let them know how much you appreciate them uh, uh, as well. So send them a note, a Facebook message, uh, things like that, because they really are doing an outstanding job. Man, they, they get those videos recorded. They get them in. They're studying. They're making sure that our kids don't miss a beat when it comes to the word. So make sure you spend some time and shout them out, you know, and, and just let them know how much we appreciate them for the word that they're providing for our kids. So I think on Sunday we're going to have a guest worship uh, person, uh, be a pastor. Edwin. He may, <laughs> let me quit playing. He ain't going to join a, a pastor Chris worship. That will be funny. All right. But uh, anyway. Thank you guys so much for your time. You guys be blessed. See you guys Friday morning. All right. Bye-bye.